<laughs> well, I'm trying to get there, but my uh, mind and my fingers aren't doing what they need to be doing. We, we need more Jeff. We need more Jeff. We need from more studio, Jeff. From studio, <laughs> from studio A in Texas, it's our number two of the All Things Automotive Car Talk Show in real time. Just ahead, it's all about EVs. Tesla may be the big guy on the block today, but here comes the rest of the industry. You ready? Plus, we got reviews of the Ram 2500 Power Wagon. That's in the new car showroom. Uh, we'll take you for a ride. Later this hour, we go inside the mystery garage, plus the stories making automotive news headlines. That and more for the August 1st edition of the In Wheel Time Car Show. Along with Mike out of this world, Mars, and King Conrad DeLong, I'm Don Armstrong. Hey, glad you could join us. Do we have our next guest uh, ready to go? We don't. Okay, well, he's out in California. Okay, so let's see, 11, 10 minutes. So it's 9 o'clock there. Those people sleep in until at least noon. I, yeah, I that's I what I've always heard. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why we would, uh, you know, have somebody that early well, on. We tried to push him back as well, far as we could so he could sleep as late as he could. But it's a wonderful wine industry, and they have some other industries that are mind-altering as well. Mind-altering. <laughs> they're, they're down in Huntington Beach. You know, I didn't, beach, to go, so I, I didn't have to go to California to get a mind-altering experience. I grew up in the Houston, Texas area, oh, so gosh. there's that. But, right. it's, but it's legal in California, Don. It is. And so we, we, we've got an EV show going here. At least we're trying to have one. Uh, it's turned into kind of a, a comedy uh, EV show well, so far. Okay. It is okay. You're enjoying it. I am. I'm having a great You're time. You're not anxious about it. Especially so. the guy in Florida, Steve Klun. No, that was cool. That was, look he at the collection, the ele- eclectic collection of vehicles he's converting. He, he didn't even talk about the Mini, the the early generation mini that was in front so of So you know we've been looking for video uh, ideas and I'm thinking that this would be a Bravo Network reality show. We go down there to Florida and uh, talk to Steve Klun. Can you imagine what a day in the life of Steve Klun and his uh, EV conversion business would be like? Just the 15 minutes he had a chance to show us around his collection of uh, cars in process, talking about how he uses those EV vehicles he's built to store the solar energy during the day to power his house. I'll tell you, he sees the full range of opportunity within the EV world. Did you see the show called Rust Valley Restores? Yes. I love that show. I love that guy. And he kind of reminds me. Of the guy at Rust Valley Restores. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's one of those kind of guys. He's got a whole myriad of things to convert that's in some sort of a stage of either conversion or deconversion right. in the case of the, 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 the lawnmower. Pulling the out, right. Yeah, in the case of the lawnmower that uh, he built, what, 40 years ago, yeah. and he's using the batteries to power parts of his house or something. His um, wife was telling me back, Back in the, it was in 08, you know, when the economy went bust and everything. Uh huh. Him and his wife, who actually did the mini conversion, they went on the road. They went, they poked up their camper and they went on the road and they went around the country just going place to place, talking to people. You want yours done? We'll come to you. And they would go to people and do the, stay there long enough to do the conversion form. And they would find somebody else and go to another place like nomads. I thought that was so cool that they drove around the country. Uh, seeing the world and, and seeing things and doing this kind of work until they could settle back down into Florida. So they, if, they, if they, you're, they need Randy and Jen's uh, motorhome, toy hauler, yeah. to, toy yeah, hauler yeah, yeah. to go around and do no, that. No, what they need is they need and, and those people that watch Below Deck, Mediterranean, oh. <laughs> like like Jeff Zekin. 
I don't want you to you call Bravo. Uh, don't don't call Bravo directly. You can come through us first because we are going to broker the program that we're going to have with Steve Klun and his wife down there in That'd Florida. That'd be awesome. I think so too. Uh, by the way, utilities see EV growth as a way to sell more power. Duh. Yeah. Uh, balance electricity demand and meet substantiality grows, uh, goals. But some aspects of the industry's campaign, such as lobbying for tax credits, put it at odds with oil interests. And that's where but Houston, Texas comes right. in. And that's my little uh, story here that we pulled from Automotive News. San Diego Gas and Electric Company even went so far as to help train salespeople on how to convince consumers to buy electric cars and then paid them as much as $500 per sale. It's all part of a $1.5 billion effort by utilities such as a company called Exelon Corporation and Dominion Energy to promote vehicles that run on electricity. But some aspects of the industry's campaign, such as lobbying for tax credits or against President Donald Trump's rollback of efficiency standards, put the companies at odds with powerful oil interests. Half of U.S. oil demand is for gasoline. Mm -hmm. Uh, electric and plug-in hybrid vehicles are a threat to that, even if they currently account for about 1.4 million or 0.7% of the vehicles on U.S. roads. But within five years, it's predicted that they will represent as many as 7% of U.S. car sales due to declining battery costs and a growing number of options. That's a promising figure for utilities which have seen electricity demand flatten as household appliances become have become more efficient. More efficient. Right. Uh, when we did focus groups, customers were telling us we have apprehension. We're uneasy, whether it's range anxiety <laughs> we're, or we're the upke upkeep, according to Calvin Butler, who's the CEO of Exelon Utilities. With about half of U.S. oil demand today tied to gasoline, the sector is fighting electric vehicles on all fronts, from state house and state regulatory commissions to Capitol Hill. In Congress, oil and utility interests have squared off over efforts to expand a $7,500 tax credit for electric vehicles. The utility industry's leading trade group, the Edison Electric Institute, has lobbied alongside automakers Tesla and GM to expand the tax credit, while oil interests argue climbing sales and the surge in Tesla's value show subsidies are no longer needed to jumpstart a new industry. Okay, I can see the argument. It's fundamentally unfair, according to Derek Morgan, senior vice president of the American Fuel and Petrochemical Manufacturers, unfair to make, take, it, take the monopoly power that the utility has and charge everybody higher rates to build out infrastructure that 2% of today's purchasers use. It's a very big gamble with other people's money, according to Mr. Morgan. So, I, and I, I can see both sides. Yeah, well, but both sides are providing power, whether it's through the gas pump or whether it's through the electrical wire coming into your house. So they do compete, but you got to think even the electrical industry is buying natural gas in some instances to power some of their uh, power plants. So there's, there's a, a symbiotic relationship, and I don't think one, one advancing hurts the other. We're in, in a very... Uh, shall we say, changing time when it comes to vehicle power. Mm -hmm. Because um, we've traditionally, always, since the beginning of time with vehicles other than horses, post-horse, if you will, uh, relied on internal combustion engines, whether it be 
you know, diesel or jet fuel or gasoline, whatever it is, coal. Well, and, and over time, electric-powered vehicles were back in the 1800s and 1900s, early true. 1900s, yeah. as was steam, you know. So all of this has been around to one degree or another, and it's just the advancement of technology. And battery today. technology. Yeah, right. Because yeah, storing, that makes a big difference. Yeah, because storing – you? I remember – uh, early on, my, my dad worked for a company called Waukesha Motor Company, which built great, big, huge industrial engines. That's why I guess I got the, the oil in my veins, so to speak. But uh, and back then, to start these ginormous engines, bigger than this room, um, they actually had to have a small engine, a four-cylinder engine, that be, was to get it to rotate it. attached to this great big monster 12-cylinder engine that is, you know, 15 feet tall to start that motor. And they had a great big handle on it. So once you got that motor started, you pull the big it. handle to engage it into the flywheel to get the thing turning. And once it got turning, of course, I mean, it, inertia itself was just enough to, to keep the thing running forever and ever. But the battery pack that charged all of that stuff actually was this huge, ginormous series of lead-acid oh, batteries. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to think today, to get that kind of power out of a battery today, it takes one of those today compared to 15 or 20 of them that they had laid out there. It, but the environmental concern to me is equal. Lead-acid batteries is not an environmentally friendly power Absolutely source, not, no. whether it's the lead or the acid or the fumes that, that expire from it. But same with lithium-ion, you know. To dig lithium, you got a big, you got to dig a big hole in the ground, and it takes a lot of petroleum in the cranes, in the in the vehicles that move it around, in the production of it. So, um, you know, lithium mining is is very evasive to the environment as well. So, yes, there is a benefit to the environment on it, but I think there's also some detriment. And I don't think everybody sees both both sides of that. Um, you know, you look at some of these lithium mines, and you know they may be a mile across and a, you know five or six hundred feet deep, and that's a pretty big hole in the ground. Yeah, right. So, Mr. Mars, do we have our guest? Yes, we do. Okay, well, we have a very short, limited amount of time, and his name is Eric Hutchinson from Hollywood, California. I know it's Huntington Beach, but Hollywood sounds more glamorous. He is with Electric GT. Eric, hey, good afternoon. Uh, well, good morning to you. How's it going out there? I'm surprised you're up. You know, it's California, man. I thought all you people slept in till noon. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out if we can get your mic hooked up. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. We got you. Mike's got you. Silent for the moment. So yeah. stand by. We're we're now yeah, we can. There we go. Now we can hear you. Okay, sorry about that. Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, we. Thanks. Uh, thank you guys for having us on. Sorry about the delay. There a little confusion with EST and Central Standard Time, but um, you know it's always rough to get these guys in California up early because we're having board meetings. That means us. Uh, board right? meetings. That's <laughs> what it is. I I totally <laughs> no, that's, missed it. That's yeah. board meetings out surfing. Yeah, that's what he's talking. Those yeah, kind of board. We meetings. We had that conversation. <laughs> he's closer to the beach than I am. So, Eric, tell yeah, me so about... Not to be confused. So, so thank you guys for having us on. Uh, what, can, what can we talk about today? Well, let's talk about what you do out there. Let, I see a car behind you. What is it, and well, what see, are you doing to it? I see a 308 Ferrari behind you. You do. That's the world's first 100% electrified Ferrari. I bought it from Copart in 2014. It had a fuel fire, a salvage title, 
and we put a triple electric motor in that and it's uh, about double the power it's only about 300 about 220 electric horsepower but it's uh it used to be about 179 foot pounds of torque and we put in about 330 foot pounds of torque and we put it uh, uh attached it to a g50 porsche transaxle upside down and backwards like factory porsche races and um then top gear stig drove it around out at speed vegas and i think it like 167 miles an hour according to the gps speedometer on a half mile straightaway never even got the fifth gear whoa so it's fast <laughs> yeah you think so uh, yep. are, what are you what are you currently doing to it now i see it on the rack so we're repowering it it was one of the early conversion analog builds it didn't have a battery management system in it uh the batteries were good but we're going to put brand new lithium batteries because electric gt is going to brand its own batteries for sale and we're putting new batteries it's going to be a demonstration of our new uh modular battery technology with the bms system included and we're bringing it up to modern standards it was one of our kind of learning early curves uh, um, of what we're doing. This is the newest thing we're doing is basically we've made a crate engine or motor block that includes everything that you need inside of Here, I'll show you this. So this is an FJ62 and you can see little dots all over it. Uh, and we scan that and we've got a motor block that we've designed that has the charger, the high voltage junction box, a motor, about 25 kilowatt hours of battery pack built into it. And basically it drops in and it mates up with a manual transmission, plug in some auxiliary battery packs, and you have a complete conversion system for a vehicle that fits in the size of an LS footprint. Is so that, we're is that getting what ready you, to release that. So what are you telling me that you guys sell these packs for numb guys like well, think me? Think of it like this. It's an, it's an electric crate swap that kind of changes the ecosystem of a car. Have you guys heard of the term de-icing before? And I'm not talking about defrosting your windshield. Well, I have not heard it outside no. of defrosting the windshield, no. <laughs> okay, it's take your exhaust out, take your motor out, take your gas tank out, take your radiator, all the systems related to internal combustion, adios. So once you de-ice the car, clean it up, then we can put our new ecosystem into, you know, I think that our, uh, our new 413 system fits into something like over 10 million cars made from the 60s to the 90s. And uh, we were planning at releasing it at SEMA this year, but we'll see what happens at SEMA. So right? is that what you've got on your, your website that looks so cool? Well, we haven't released it, but what we have on the website, you can see uh, we have what, what shows is the GTE 353 system. And what the difference is on the new system is it's going to be a high voltage, uh, you know, current OEM industry standard uh you know 520 volts we have a better ecosystem of parts to choose from you know like electric compressors for air conditioning uh chargers we have all the supply chain of products that we need to build our ecosystem more readily available by going with uh, kind of a higher voltage system than the 353 on our website so what is the weight trade-off for your component system when you subtract all of the gasoline propulsion systems out of a vehicle and add yours to it well, that's a great that's a great that's a great question. Um, I try. <laughs> uh, you know the um, the block that we've created, and by putting in a 25 kilowatt hours of the pack, so we've got this LS uh, motor block that we can't share with you now, but we will uh, in a couple months. It's about 550 pounds, so it puts that weight back in the motor bay where it was, and so, you know it's kind of our V8 uh, concept where it was in the vehicle. So the 62 behind me, that'll have that weight back in where it's meant to be. And then the additional packs in the back uh, will, we'll, you know, replace where the big fuel tank was. 
in general, the net weight changes is usually within a couple hundred pounds wow. depending on the build and the vehicle. That's pretty and awesome. We, we're very sensitive about distribution of the weight, so you're right. not uh, reinventing the suspension of the car or redesigning the whole car, per se, around oddly placed weight, you know, having a light engine up front with all the batteries in the back, per se. So, so Eric, do you do the conversions, or do you send me the pack, and I do the conversion here in Houston? Yeah, that's a good question. Everything you see behind us is R&D. We don't want to do conversions uh, to one car more than once. Once we have that system, we try to send you the pack. You can bolt it in without being a high-voltage uh, expert. All our connectors are uh, OEM standard, touch-proof, and safe. And we put out a manual. It's you know, 100-something pages long. And uh, you could prep, you could de-ice prep the car and install the system. I'm, I'm going to ask a question about the uh, cream-colored card in the back. Is that a 912 or is that an early 911? Oh, uh, that's an early 912, kind of like uh, those two over Well, there's <laughs> so another one. Now, do you see what's up in our rafters, right? Uh, look at Jag, huh? Hang on. There we go. Oh, yeah. wow. We don't want to look at that. Well, actually, we do. <laughs> but <laughs> So so with hey, this. Hey, what you guys want to see? Look, at that. look what's behind me here. Is that a Jeep, Jeep Wagoneer? Wagoneer. Yeah, so we're, uh, we're it's going to be a demonstration vehicle for some guys here. I'll give you a here. We'll go out and look at it. Thanks. So that's going to be a demonstration vehicle for uh, for a shop that just needs to drive clients around. So you know, you're all the age. You remember Fantasy Island, right? Sure. The plane. Yeah, we're gonna chop, we're chopping the top off it today. Just our Saturday activity. So uh, we just cleaned out. See, there's nice clean motor bay. Yes. And normally we'll scan these that we're doing, but we're doing a small system in that. And then the, the fab guys are here today and they're chopping the top off to lighten this thing up. And we're going to put a small system in it. It should be pretty fun to drive around. Hey, would you invite us out to come and play with you on one Saturday? Yeah, we'll start with a board meeting, though. That's, a, you know, that's important. <laughs> hey, Huntington Beach is the world's uh, center of surfing. Well, listen, I'm sorry, yeah, well, you know, I'm sorry that we don't have that. a whole lot of time here, uh, Eric, but we appreciate your time. It's Electric GT out there in Huntington Beach. Uh, what's the website? ElectricGT.com. Very good. We definitely want to have you back on. Thank you. We look forward to it, and sorry for the late arrival. And today, the guys. split window, day. the electric split window. Oh, oh, sorry. No, I'm not sorry. We're all excited about that. Keep walking around and we'll look over your shoulder. <laughs> Eric, thanks again. We appreciate the time and we'll talk to you again soon. The In Wheel Time Car Show live streams on Facebook.com, In Wheel Time, on YouTube, and our website, InWheelTime.com. Podcasts available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeart Podcast, Google Podcast, and Podcast Addict. Quick break now, and then we look into the new Ram Rebel Diesel back in a flash. Hey, this is Houston's most in-depth car show in real time. Streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, and in real time this Saturday. And the hours are 10 a.m. until noon if you ever want to watch the live broadcast and you happen to be watching or listening to the podcast, then we are live, we record it live, and we bust it up into four podcasts so you can listen to them during the week. And we hope to have uh, a very special podcast coming your way soon. We're working on that, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm not going to taint it. So no, but speak. you're going to tease it as opposed to taint it. I am. So, uh, at any rate. All right, time now for this hour's car review, and it's actually a truck, and it's the 2020 Ram. And I said Rebel. It's the 2500. 
Okay, that's the heavy-duty Ram. Available trim levels are the Tradesman, the Lone Star, the Laramie, the Longhorn, and the Power Wagon. We had the Power Wagon Crew 4x4, 2,500, three-quarter ton. The, the most expensive one they sell, it probably. Was, it, loaded well, to the gills. Yeah, it was pretty much loaded to the gills. How many passengers? Five. Six. Oh, so it's a bench front seat. Well, you would not quasi, know that. Quasi bench. Yeah, it's, it's because, because the center seat in the front is actually an armrest that's about that wide. That's not wide enough for me. It's about that wide. And uh, it folds down. And so you'd think that, oh, well, that's just the big console. You know, console. There but it you, is right there. But you can you, fold you, it up out of the way. You can see it. Well, that, that's, that's the one with the bucket seats. But the, the one with the bench looks just like oh, that. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, at any rate, all new uh, for 2019. Three cabs, two bed lengths, two powertrains available. Uh, same interior as the 1500. It's beautiful. Uh, power wagon graphic on the side. We showed that just a minute ago on the side of the bed behind the cab. Awesome. Ver vertical uh, uh Signature on the side over there. Love the wheels on it. Tough, brawny, mean look. Uh, Ram box was an addition to it. Uh, clearance lights on the cab should be standard. If you're going to get a heavy duty, yeah, I yeah, want those yeah, clearance lights. I, I love the clearance lights. It's just the look. I don't know what they're there for. It's that 18-wheeler look you like. It, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, if you're going to buy something like that, I don't know what that is, but it looks kind of funky. Anyway, uh, best-looking dash and instrument cluster in the market today. Comfortable seating. Uh, prefer cloth with the tire tread on the seats. We're looking at the outside now. 12-inch uh, infotainment screen rocks it. Uconnect system is the best that there is. Uh, bigger than a limo inside this thing. What I liked about it, the storage and the USBs are everywhere, including in the floor. What could use improvement? You tell me, because I can't find anything. It needs you in the seat for an improvement. Pretty much. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd really look good in there. Don't say anything, Mars. You just sit over there and drink your Cokes. Uh, engine, 6.7 liter inline Cummins diesel. It's the beast. 370 horsepower and 850 pound-feet of torque, and you can actually get some sort of goose up in that to break it a well thousand. thousand. It's oh, a yeah. thousand. Yeah. Tow rating up to 20,000 pounds. Haul rating up to 3,600 pounds, depending on cab and yeah. all of that stuff. I got 14 miles per gallon over 414.4 miles. Uh, what I liked about, oh, by the way, it has an optional 50 gallon fuel tank. 50 gallon? 50 gallon well, fuel tank. I'll get you to Dallas and back. Yeah, uh, several times. Yeah, forget the EV. Power Wagon has all-terrain tires, off-road shocks, tow hooks, skid plates, manual transfer case, 410 axle, and a front winch. And that front winch is built into the bumper, so it doesn't hang out in front of it. It's all behind the bumper, so all you see is the hook. It's really cool. What I liked about it, the testosterone spurting man truck look to it. That's what I liked about <laughs> it. Testosterone spurting. <laughs> Not sure. I'll comment on that. But if I did, I won't. <laughs> you are, you are and a pall of silence comes over the studio. <laughs> and we're all blushing. Base trim price is $53,250. As tested, $69,890. Base price, $37,450. That's not a bad price for that much trim. It really isn't, but especially the base bottle price. And by the way, you can get the Power Wagon 
without the graphics in the Tradesman V8 all-wheel drive. So it comes with all the other stuff that the Power Wagon has on it, except the graphics in okay. a V8. Mm -hmm. Okay. Competitors: Ford F250, 37,625; GMC 2500, 40 grand; Chevy. Uh, that would be the 250 or the 2500, I guess it would be $38,300. And that's the review of the 2020 Ram 2500. Power Wagon. Power Wagon. Did you have any other comments that you'd like to make? Send them to info. No, and, and no, no. I'm not asking. I'm asking you. No, but it, but it's it it's a workhorse of the industry. When you look at that's not uh, what I was kind of looking for. But well, okay, go know, ahead. But when you look at people who use a truck to tow and haul for a living, um, that's one of those vehicles that you're, they're going to take because it's going to give them the power to drive any weight anywhere, but it's also going to give them the luxury inside. I think I've silenced Mars, but that's just fine with me. Okay. He's still He's working still... about spurting. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, this week's car calendar and race card coming up next. I think that you'll want to stay tuned. <laughs> 